Hello, and welcome to the Christian Worship Assembly podcast, The Church Without Walls. Listen as Pastor Frederick brings forth the word and breaks it down for listeners of all ages. Get ready to be blessed by the Lord as God uses him to reveal his will over our lives. Once I got my mind and my spirit settled, and Lord, this is what we need. I believe that this is going to be beneficial to you. I believe that God is going to do something, and I believe that a change is going to come. I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to tell your neighbor God is getting ready to do something. I guarantee you that what God is getting ready to say is going to change your life forever. The reason why I say this is because God wants us better. He wants to make us better. He wants to show us who we are as people. But one thing that I see in the body of Christ, and not just the body of Christ, but I see this everywhere. I see this in the church. I see this outside the church. Is we have a problem with making excuses and blaming others. We got your notebooks. You can write it down in your notebook so you can go back for reference. And I encourage you to get a CD this morning. Because, see, sometimes when you hear of the word and you mess around and get into a situation, you forget the word. You'll forget the word, so when you get the CD, you're always able to go back as a reference so that way it can get you your spirit back in line to what God is saying. I want you to understand this morning that whatever you wanted your life to be or if things didn't go your way, it's not all the time God's fault. And it's not all the time your friend's fault or your neighbor's fault or your spouse's fault. Sometimes the things that we go through in life is your fault. If you really, really, truly think about it, it is your fault. Even a lot of times we want to blame the devil on something that you did to cause your situation to turn and go in a way that you didn't know it was going to go that way. Your situation turned against you because it was your doing. But one thing God wants us to get into place right now, we, we, we need to take responsibility for our actions. We need to take responsibility for our actions so God can show us ourselves. If you never, ever take responsibility for your actions and take responsibility for yourself, you will never get free from the battle that, you, that, the battle that you're dealing with yourself. You're not fighting against people. 
You're not. A lot of times your fight is not against people. Uh, the battle, we're battling against our own self. We're battling against our own flesh. We're battling with things that we want to do that God said we can't do. But a lot of things that I see in the church, outside the church, everybody want to blame somebody, but don't nobody want to say, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. A lot of times we don't want to take responsibility for the things that we messed up in. And then a lot of times we want to look at everybody else's mistakes and we fail to realize the mistake that we have. The mistake that we have made will begin to point the finger and say, well, you ought to not do me like that and you ought to not said that or you ought to not act that way and a lot of times women mess up and end up in a man's bed because you were in the room and then a lot of times men mess up and end up in a woman's bed because you was in the room and then we wonder why we keep going in circles with the same old devil because we don't want to take responsibility and say hey look I messed up the reason why people have a problem with saying I messed up is because you want to look good in front of everybody. And you feel shameful. You think that the people are going to make you shameful, but that is not the issue. You feel shameful because you have just received a contrite heart. Your heart has been broken. Your spirit has been broken because deep down inside, you know, hey, I messed up. Anything that you do, anything that you have said, anything that has caused an action to take place, it started in your mind. And it started with putting yourself in situations that you weren't supposed to put yourself in. I feel that we need to understand that we always want to say that we are tempted of God, but God never tempts anyone. The word of God says that we're not supposed to say that we are tempted of God because God is not a tempter, but the devil is a tempter. And the word of God says that our flesh is what tempts us because we are enticed with our own desires and your own desires is your own defeat. I understand today that the devil will never tempt me what I do not want. He will never tempt me with something that my heart does not desire. He will never come at me with something where I'll be like, oh, that ain't nothing. He's going to come at me with something that's going to make my eyeball pop out my sock. But the problem is, people, we don't know our weakness. So what we begin to do, we begin to make excuses and begin to put blame on other people because you're not realizing your weakness. And you're not realizing the situations that you have put your own self in, that it was your doing. Once you realize and say, hey, Lord, it was me. It was my fault. I don't have nobody else to blame but myself. My sister didn't do it. My brother didn't do it. The devil didn't do it. The devil just made a suggestion. Let me tell you something about what's going on. God is trying to get us to deal with our flesh, not deal with the devil. We spend too much time trying to deal with the devil. I bind you, devil. I rebuke you, devil. The whole time while you're praying, I bind you and I rebuke you, you still got an issue. We say, devil, I bind you, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Remove this lust from me. Remove this hurt. Remove this depression. 
I got a problem lying and I'm doing things that I ain't supposed to do. Devil, I bind you. And the whole time you're saying, I bind you, Satan, I bind you, Satan, but you're not dealing with the issue. The issue is you have a weakness. If your weakness is women, that's your weakness. If, you ha- if your weakness is drugs, that's your weakness. If your weakness is alcohol, that's your weakness. Whatever your weakness is, you need to stay away from whatever your weakness is. Don't surround yourself with something that is going to allow you to fall. And see, sometimes I feel like as Christian people, we think that we are so spiritual that we can't fall. The Bible said that we don't need to be so high-minded and so caught up in our own self lest we fall. See, and then the Word of God said, and great is that fall. The reason why the Word of God says great is that fall is because you know better. You know better than to put yourself in a situation. And the fall is great is because it's worse than somebody else who has never tasted the goodness of the Lord. But you have tasted the goodness of the Lord. You know his grace and his mercy. You know his goodness. You know what he is able to do. He know, you know that he is able to keep you from falling. But it's only so much he'll do if you put your own self in it. And then once that great fall takes place, we begin to point the finger. It's always an excuse. The husband say, well, my wife won't give me none. That's why I went out and got some. The devil is a liar. So when you you go to Dr. Phil or whoever the doctor is, because the doctor don't have the spirit of God in him, he asked a woman why she ain't gave him none. But not addressing the issue, why did he go out and commit adultery against his wife? Because he ain't got the spirit of God. Somebody do this. This is what we use. And we do this point. And a lot of times God is telling us, but you need to be doing this. And you need to be saying, no, it's me. I guarantee you, if you take the time, if something happens in your life, if you take the time and sit down and evaluate what the problem was, then you will figure out that you took part in it. It's not always just the husband's fault. It's not always just the wife's fault. It's not always just a friend's fault. A lot of times we play a major role in everything that happens in our life because it starts with us. Let me go to scripture for you think I ain't preach. I think I done said about 10 scriptures. But I want to show you something. Let's go to Genesis chapter 3. And y'all already know this. But this is a wake-up call. Somebody say, this is a wake-up call. Look at your other name and say, wake up! Let's look at this scripture. I want to show you this scripture here. And and it says, it says, and the man said, the woman whom thou gavest to me, gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. God showed me something different about this scripture that I don't think we have even realized. 
A lot of times this scripture is preached as if the woman is in the right standing and the man is not. It is preached as if the woman has taken responsibility for her actions when she didn't either. So you see that at one point in time in our life, you always do this number here and try to fix it up so that you can feel better. What blame does, blame is trying to settle your mistakes by blaming someone else. Trying to make you feel better because you know you messed up. But if I can blame somebody else, I can give them 50% of my mistake. I can give them 50% of my problem because I don't want to be in this by myself. I'd rather blame somebody. And it's silly. But you see, in Scripture, the man is blaming the woman. But now he's not just blaming the woman, but he's blaming God too. So now you see that Adam is a, in this situation. Let me back up some. They ate of a forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay. God spoke to the man, told him not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He didn't tell the woman anything. He gave the responsibility to the man to tell the woman. But you got to understand something. In these passages of scripture, you never see where Adam had taken the time to tell his wife. See, this is, this is where it kind of get, get tricky now because, see, uh, you have to understand that whatever is written in this word, we need to take it literal. You, you see what I'm saying? We need to take it literal. Now, the reason why she knew that she wasn't supposed to eat of the tree is because she overheard. Oh, I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling happy. I feel a revelation anointing that's getting ready to take place. She overheard. If she knew specifically that she wasn't supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good or evil, the word of God would have showed Adam going to his wife saying, look, these are the rules and regulations in, in, in this paradise. This is what God wants us to do. This is what he don't want us to do. And we got to follow these rules. But it didn't happen like that. She overheard. That is the reason why she knew not to eat of the tree. Because the scripture never did show Adam going to tell his wife. He said, you have the responsibility of the garden. But even God didn't tell him to tell his wife. But he knew that it was his responsibility as the man of the house. He knew it was his responsibility to watch over his family, to watch over his wife, making sure things are going right. But see, a lot of times in the household, the man is not looking at what the family is doing. You're so caught up in the football game and the Jets is playing the Giants. And the, the come on somebody, and the Patriots is playing the Eagles and, and calling friends what time we're going fishing and what time we're going bowling and what time I got to go to work, I got to make this money. Now the wife, you don't know what the wife is doing. You don't know what the children is doing because it was your responsibility as a man to say this is how it's supposed to be. But then when something happened, then you want to blame God and say, Lord, you put me in this situation. See, what, what Adam was saying to God, he was, he was really blaming God, telling God, hey, if you wouldn't have never gave me this woman, I wouldn't have been in this situation. 
Well, let me tell you something if you didn't have a woman. Oh, I'm trying to show a man about himself. Get mad at your wife because things didn't go your way until you realize you wake up in the morning and you don't have no one laying beside you because a woman got fed up. And I'm going to tell y'all something about women. If you hurt a woman, she'll make up in her mind and she'll say, I won't marry another soul just to get away from you. You better hear me good. A woman got willpower if she's in the Lord. You better hear me good. They'll say, I won't marry. I don't care. They'll say, I don't care if you didn't cheat on me. <laughs> See, she know the grounds of divorce. She said, I don't care if you didn't cheat on me. You, you treating me. You cussing me out. You calling me names. You're doing all these things to me. She said, I, I just won't marry nobody else. Oh, come on, somebody. I guess I made it by myself. See, a lot, of, a lot of people want me to be so spiritual and so high. Well, I can't teach you the natural thing. Well, let me tell you something. When they was asking Jesus, I want to know about heavenly things, Jesus said, why you want to know about heavenly things? Well, you won't even hear about earthly things. We serve a Jesus that talks about earthly things and talks about heavenly things. He can cover every ground in your life. A man is trying to blame God for giving him something that was for his benefit. Just so that he didn't have to take responsibility for his own actions. But now you see in scripture in verse 13. Now you see the woman, she admits of her wrongdoing. Saying, yes, she did wrong. But then now she's blaming the serpent. A lot of time when we look at the scripture, we bypass chapter 13. We just say, oh, well, uh, you know, they preach it and they say, well, uh, well, you know the difference between a woman and a man. A, a woman will admit when she is wrong and, and a man won't. He'll go around and circle. Well, let me tell you not in this story. You better realize something. She admitted that she, a woman will admit that she is wrong, but she was still pointing the finger at the same time. Oh, come on, somebody. Now, you see in verse 13, she said, the serpent beguiled me. Beguiled means trickery or deceit. The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. But see, the problem was God didn't ask her, God didn't ask her about the serpent. But she just wanted to throw that name in there. Let me give the fault for 50%. Let me give 50% to the serpent. So it'll make me feel better of my wrong. But see, what you fail to realize something, if the man would have took responsibility in the first place, they would not have even realized that they were naked. In scripture, when the woman, when, when Eve had eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she didn't even realize she was naked because that curse was not active yet. So as she was munching down on whatever fruit it was, I don't know if it was a papaya or a mango or, or it could have been some kind of fruit we don't even know of. We don't even know what it looked like. It might be something crazy. You'd be like, I ain't eating that. You don't know what it is. But as she was eating on it, she said, oh, this is so good. It is so tasty. The curse was not active because the one who had the responsibility is the one that had to eat of the tree for the curse to be active. 
a lot of times there is curse on a generation because the husband didn't take responsibility for his actions. Because the husband didn't stand up and say, hey, look, this is what God said we supposed to do. Even when the rest of the family mess up, the man's supposed to stand up and say, I'm not going to mess up because it's my responsibility. I bet you how fired up probably God was at Adam because he didn't take responsibility for his actions. He did not take responsibility for his wrong. You see what I'm saying? And then we point the finger at everybody else because we don't want to take responsibility on things that we have done. Just because things didn't go your way, listen to me real good, just because things didn't go your way don't mean that somebody else was involved in it. We want to blame God. We want to blame this. We want to blame that. And I've been a victim of it too. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you I haven't been a victim. For a long time, until God had to really show me it was my fault, for a long time, I blamed the coaches why I didn't go to NCAA football. For a long time. See, the thing about it, you got to understand, other people in your life, they could have a cause in it, a little piece. But then it starts with you first. See, I was blaming my coaches why I didn't make it in, but then how am I going to make it in when the coach see me smoking weed all day? Oh, come on, somebody. I spent five years blaming the coaches because I didn't make it in. When I was out there smoking marijuana and drinking and partying and having a hay time instead of getting in my books, and I really didn't like math, and I really wasn't that good in math, so all of my courses I took, uh, everything was college prep except for math. But then I turned around and trying to blame the coaches for how they did when it was me. And once I came to myself and I realized, Pastor Frederick, why are you blaming the coaches when it was your fault in the beginning, if you would have stayed in your books, if you have, would have took those college prep math courses, if you would have stayed out the streets, if you would have stayed, uh, um, um, stopped laying around and partying and doing all these things, messing up your mind and clouding your thoughts of what God has for you, maybe you would have made it. Maybe my situation was not determined on what somebody else did, but it was determined on what I did and how I handled the situation. See, I understand something about God. Even when people are against you, God said, I'll still make it happen because it's, it's not about what anybody else does. You know, I don't even care if, the, if your boss man is riding you all day. I don't care if he's cursing you out. I don't care if it, God still will promote you if the supervisor don't like you. Oh my God, I wish I had a witness. God will still raise you up when everybody around you is trying to, to demise your defeat. But we do this. They did. They said. it. If they wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been like that. See, you got to understand something about God. See, look, when Jacob was trying to find his wife, he went to the, the two ladies. Their father tricked him twice, and he had to work extra. Jacob... 
He didn't put blame on the father-in-law. He knew what he was there for. The situation had turned itself around in Jacob's favor because his actions, he didn't act like some of us would act. Let somebody jeep you out some money or trick you out some money. You've been working all this time. You've been working all these many years. And then you didn't get what you were supposed to get. You'll be ready to knock somebody upside their head. You'll bring out the Vaseline and you'll cut you up some lemons and put your razor blade up under your tongue and wait for them. <laughs> because Jacob was a godly man. He understood that what God had for him was for him. It was not determined on the trickery that was coming against him. It wasn't of the trickery that was coming against him. It's because he knew what God said that he was supposed to have. He didn't sit up there and, bl- and, and blame. You know, even though the other woman didn't look that good, the word of God said. What was it, Leah? <laughs> what was it, Leah and Rebecca, right? There's Rachel, yeah, Rachel. <laughs> Leah and Rachel, he didn't get up in the morning and look at her and say, Lord, have mercy, what's going on here? You know you ain't right. Now, you don't think this something. Boy, I tell you what, what they done done? Oh, he didn't even blame Leah. He knew what the enemy was doing, and the whole time, God was guiding him. I want you to understand about God's tactics. When people are against you, you'll come out with more. Oh, my God. Anytime somebody's trying to keep you from getting what God has for you, God will allow you to take everything they got and what he promised you. But see, we don't understand the rule that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. The word of God said it's laid up. That means that it's already predestined for you to have. You ain't got to go and try to find it. Somebody just may just get lucky enough to, to trespass against you. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody may just get lucky enough. The wicked man may just get lucky enough to transgress against you. The wicked may, man may just be lucky enough to come and oppose you and, and try to trick you and beguile you. But see, they don't know what they're doing because they don't, if, they, if, they, if they knew what they were doing, then they would have went and hid everything that they have. Because God would turn that thing around in your favor And wherever the opposition is coming from, God said, I'll just give you what I promised you, and then I'll give you what they got. And it's so funny how Saul want to blame David while everything was going wrong. Well, Saul, first thing Saul messed up with, he tried to act as a priest. When Samuel told him to wait seven days, Samuel told him, I want you to wait seven days, and I'm coming. And when I come, we're going to make this sacrifice, and God is going to work on our behalf against this, uh, against this army. But he didn't wait. He didn't wait. Seven days passed. He didn't see Samuel. He thought Samuel wasn't coming, but probably knew Samuel was coming. But wanted to look good uh, with the other people that was around him. And when Samuel came, he said, what is this that you have done? What is this that you have done? Didn't I tell you to wait on me? 
He said, because of this, God has denounced you. And then it even goes on to say that Samuel told him, if you would obey the Lord, then he would establish your kingdom forever. He could have been in the same position that David was. But because he wanted to take up the role as a priest. See, this is why we got to be careful, y'all. Listen to me. Every minister, everyone who want to be a minister, you got to understand something right here. If you're not willing to wait on the Lord to promote you, once you begin to try to promote yourself and you have not, you have not been accounted to, to do that thing and God has not approved of you to be a minister, God did not approve of him as being a priest, so God had to denounce him his kingdom. Then the second thing he did when God told him to destroy the Amalekites, destroy everything, woman, man, child, animals, don't take none, don't take any riches or any spoil. He goes and he keeps the king alive and takes the spoil and kills everybody else. Because you got to understand the times. In those times, when, when, a, uh, when a king let another king live, it was like a sport. They take the king back to their kingdom to show everybody, look what I've done. And see, this is our problem as Christian people. We always want to take something. We want to we wanna take something and show somebody, look what I've done. Look what I did. When that pride kicked in in, in his spirit, he took the king of the Amalekite and he said, look, look what I did. We defeated him. I got the king. He's alive. Take the spoil. Then when he's confronted about it, then he's talking about some, because I would have made my men angry. So what? Then going to go on even further to say that he was going to take all the spoil and the riches and the, and the animals to make a sacrifice. Well, if God told you to kill everything, to destroy everything, what makes you think he wanted? If God wanted it, he probably didn't even need your help. He probably could have went and took it himself. Come on, somebody. Lord, I first. If God wanted it, he could have went and got it himself. He could have sent an angel down like he's he done um, once in the scripture and destroyed everybody. And nobody wouldn't even have to fight. They're just going to take the spoil. If he wanted, he could take it. But what makes you think you're going to come and you're going to make a sacrifice to God who said he didn't even want it? He didn't want anything to do with the Amalekites because when the children of Israel first came out of Egypt, those were the ones that were oppressing them when they came out of Egypt. Then he turned around because things didn't go his way. Now he want to blame David because David had set him up. He didn't have nobody to blame but himself. Anytime you're looking for a promotion, let me tell you something. God can bless you. He can raise you up. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. It doesn't matter what anybody. I don't care if people even whispering behind your back. I don't care if people picking up the telephone and conversating about you. What God said that you can have, you can have it, and it belongs to you. You got to understand what belongs to you. You got to understand. You got to take dominion on what God said that you can have. Taking authority is not trying to show yourself superior to others. It is to be still and wait on the Lord and see the salvation of the Lord. A lot of times people mess up because they want to put their hand in it. 
People mess up because of their own errors in life, their own mistakes that they have made, and they put the blame at others. When really you got to understand something about Scripture, look, the Word of God is a mirror anyway. The Word of God says that a person that hears the Word and doesn't do the Word is like they're looking in a glass. That glass is like a mirror, and they behold themselves, and then they go their way. How can a person come in and hear the word of God Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Saturday morning after Saturday morning, hear it on TV, TVN, the word channel, and hear the word over and over and over again, and nine times out of ten, they talking about you. But then you go on anyway. You know exactly what the preacher said. The preacher said this, 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 this. You fall in every category. Every category he talking about, you fall into it. You leave. You do whatever you want to do anyway. Then you want to blame the preacher. It's ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. You can, a preacher can be a real man of God and prophesy over somebody's life and tell you this is what's going to happen. And, and if you do this, if you live right, and then you go out and go run around with all these women and then wonder why it didn't happen. And say, well, the pastor prophesied over me and said this and this, and it didn't happen. God failed me. No, you failed yourself. You chose to lay with Rebecca and Tina and, and, and Trina. If I come and I prophesy to you and I tell you what thus says the Lord, then you got to meet the standard of the prophecy. If you don't meet the standard of the prophecy, it's going to happen because God ain't going to bless no mess. You have to, and see the thing about it, you can't get mad at what I'm saying because this thing is the truth. Once you take responsibility of your actions, then you will not begin to blame the preacher. You won't blame the teacher. You won't blame the bishop. You won't blame the pastor. You won't blame your sister. You won't blame your mother. A lot of times children want to blame their mother and their father and say, well, you should have did this better for us. Or you should have did that better for them. Well, mama and daddy did the best thing that they could. Sometimes mama got to take care of you by herself. Sometimes daddy had to work, put food on the table. And you trying to blame it on them and say, maybe you ought to have did this better. Maybe you could have did that better. Well, mama and daddy did all that they could. Stop blaming your parents on things that you done messed up in. You want to say I'm like this because they wasn't there. See, this world is messed up. Because you know why I say this world is messed up? Because a young man can be out there thugging. And what the school say or the society say or what people saying or the doctors say, they'll say because he didn't have a man of God in his life. Well, the mama took him to church every Sunday. Oh, come on, somebody. I wish I had a The mama took him to church every Sunday, showed him in the way. When Christmas time came, he had presents even when the daddy wasn't there. When he needs shoes, he wants them adjuncts to wear on the first day of school. Mama slaved and worked a double shift because so she could have the extra money to get you what you want. And then society come and try to put the blame on a man not being there because of your mistake. When they need to be saying you need to get your tail somewhere and take some responsibility for your own action. Don't blame the man for not being there because there was a father that was there, but you didn't realize that he was there. There was a father. Hallelujah. There was a father. There was a father there, but you didn't realize that he was there. 
The whole time the Father in heaven said, I got you. I'll supply all your needs through riches and glory. The same thing with the young ladies. They say because they ain't got a father there, they seeking for a father. So they go and lay around with every man because they didn't have a father there. The devil is a lie. Mama took you to church too. If mama wasn't there, grandma took you. Oh my God, I wish I had a witness in here. If anybody can give a witness to what I'm preaching, shout yeah! yeah. It's a shame how even the psychiatrist wants you to blame somebody who wasn't there. And the reason why they do that because they want to stay away from something that is more spiritual than it was physical. What the devil do, he attack you with things and make you think it's because something else happened. Because you were lacking in this area and lacking in that area. Well, look, this area you had, all you had to do was use what God has given you. Listen when mama took you to church. Listen when daddy take you to church. Or grandma had to take you to church. Grown folk get in an argument and then you say, well, they shouldn't have come at me like that. Lose your job over a fight and blame it on the other person. And say, well, they shouldn't have come at me like that. We wouldn't have had no issue if they wouldn't have came at me like that. They don't know me. They don't know me. I'm from the west side. I'm from the west side. I tell you about yourself. I don't care. See, that attitude won't get you nowhere. Folks that act like that don't want to take responsibility for their own actions. Folks that want to act puffed up and say, well, they don't know me. I'll tell you something about yourself. I don't care who you is. Well, guess what? You're going to be facing a situation when somebody else don't care neither. Then you end up at the hospital. You tell the doctor that I ain't even throw the first punch, but you moved your mouth first. Now you're trying to go and sue somebody because you cut somebody out and they didn't like what you said. Take responsibility for your own actions. And then when you do that, say, I'm sorry. And ask God for forgiveness. Then God can begin to use you. He can open you up. He can begin to show you things about yourself. You can begin to learn things about yourself so that you can make the proper adjustments in your life. I would never, I would not be telling you something that I have not gone through before. I, I've, I've been through it, blaming other people for my own mistakes. No, that was wrong for me. Until the Lord showed me, hey, no, that was you. You could have did better. When I sat down and I thought about it, I said, yeah, you're right, Lord. I could have did better. If I would have just listened. If I would have listened, there was a ton of people talking to me, church members. Oh, my God. Mm. I would go even call me to the house and sit down and talk to me. Parents talking to me. God spoke to me. He said, if you just would have listened, it's nobody else's fault but yours. It's not the coach's fault. It's not the teacher's fault. And then now we got this big old thing. We want to blame the police for everything. You go on, you go and rob a jewelry store, and they catch you and hit you upside your head. And then say, "Well, the police shouldn't hit me upside my head like that. I got rights." Y'all come up. See some of y'all. See, I'm a, I want y'all to understand something about me. I don't care about the black and white stuff that this society is trying to do. I don't care about all this stuff here. 
And I don't care who don't like me, who I don't care. Let me tell you something. I'm a different type of preacher. I was in the street. I hated the cop, whether they were black or white or blue or red or yellow. If you were going to keep me from getting mine. I didn't care if you were white, black, native, Indian. I don't care if you had polka dots. I didn't like you just because you had a badge. So when I'm talking about stuff like this, you can't say, oh, he against blacks or whatever. I'm black. You can't say he against black. How are you going to say he against blacks? I'm black. I'm, I'm glad in the skin that I'm in, but I know right from wrong. Yeah, you got to understand something about me. Listen, I know it's wrong for the police to be yoking folks out. I know that. But it was wrong for them to rob the jewelry store, too. So what people trying to do is they trying to put the blame on the policeman. And then they want to talk about it's the white policeman. Well, I looked at the video. It was a Hispanic policeman there. It was a black policeman. It was a white policeman and all that there because they think that that thing is going to overrule because of racism or the color of your skin or what you didn't been through is going to overrule. But then everybody else, they were, a young black man want to blame, you know, blame whites for doing this and doing that. But see, so this is how the enemy, the enemy is tricking our society. It's trying to make us take focus. It's trying to make us take focus off, okay, who was in the wrong? So when they go to court, now I'm not saying that every situation was, same, was the same. Yeah, some of them wasn't doing nothing. Some of the policemen just wasn't right. One problem with, with the police, and that police wasn't even, he wasn't even a white man. He was a Mexican. You see what I'm saying? You know, the guy with the hoodie, had the hoodie on? That guy wasn't even white, he was Mexican. You see what I'm saying? See, the word, we, gotta, we got to be able to evaluate these things and see what the big problem is, what the big issue is. The issue is, folks just don't want to do right. People just don't want to do right. Black men, black young women, white men, white young, uh, white ladies, whoever color you with, you just don't want to do right. Just don't want to live right. Want a thug. But they're not blaming on somebody else. You struggling and going on swinging left and right. Yeah, they're going to hit you upside your head. You come at me swinging, I'm going to hit you upside your head too. Do you understand what I'm saying? We got to take responsibility for our own action. Instead of us going around hating one another, this hate, this, this race hate stuff. And we all got to go to the same heaven. The same heaven. Serving the same God. <sighs> we got to understand the issues in life. Wrongdoing will always bring about wrong results. But good doing will always bring good results. If you keep that in your spirit, mm, if you tie it around your neck, like the scriptures say, if you write it on the tables of your heart, 
And remember that wrongdoing brings wrong results, bad results. Good doing brings good results. You won't have nothing to worry about. When I was out there, and I know I was thugging, I'd get stopped every day. I'd leave the house praying I don't get stopped. Knowing I'm going to get stopped there because they already know who Dirty Red was. I didn't even have to have nothing. They just give me a breath of life for no reason. They say, boy, why your breath smell like that? That's Listerine. So <laughs> you already know what I was about. But see, see, the difference is, see, the reason why they don't stop me now, because they know, hey, he's doing the right thing. He's living. See, it's a difference there. He, he, he's living right. I ain't got to worry about them because I'm living right. I have nothing to hide. Lift up your hands. Hallelujah. I want you to repeat this after me. I want to say, Father, I thank you for this service. I thank you for everything that you've done and everything you've said. Father, help me to take responsibility of my own actions. Help me to fess up of my own mistakes, my own failures, knowing that in this, by me realizing my weakness, my mistake, my failure, I can change. I can make adjustments. My life can be better. My children can be better. My spouse can be better. My home can be better. My job can be better. And my friendships can be better. If I take responsibility. Thank you, Lord. Now I know that I can come to the throne of grace without any shame because it is you that has justified me in the name of Jesus. Amen.